And just a disclaimer, we are not doctors. Information shared in this podcast is not meant as medical advice. We do not intend to diagnose, treat, or cure. We intend to delineate knowledge for educational purposes only. Awesome. Welcome. Oh, I need to do hey there. That's like my catchphrase now. Is it? Yeah. Hey there. <laughs> Welcome to Native Trees and a Bag of Weeds podcast. Do you remember how that started with me saying that you needed to have like a catchphrase or a way to start your videos and then you did that as a joke and now it's actually your thing? It's my thing. <laughs> it is my thing. And people yeah. expect it and get upset when I don't do it. Yeah. So. Like they expect me to pop in with something about liquor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's actually what you're talking about tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> awesome. We'll get there. We will get there. Have you had a a great week? I did have a good week. Yeah? Yeah. We got a lot done. <laughs> it has been a very exhausting week. I didn't get half of what I intended to get done done. But we still got but a lot done. <laughs> I was extremely productive. Um, it was a pea shelling week. Mm-hmm. I have done peas three days this week and put up um, at least, and I'm not even done putting them up. So we've still got a bunch more in there that need to be shelled and canned. Yep. And then at the end of it all, I will have two dozen white peas, pints, two dozen pints of white peas, two dozen pints of pink eyes, and... And a dozen quarts of Brunswick stew. That is what's up. I made 90 some odd to go size Marty's Miracle Salve. Nice. In little chapstick containers. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, though. At least we're going to have food. And then I worked a full time job in the middle of all that. Yeah, screw those jobs. I'm tired. <sighs> Was in take a nap. Okay, bye. <laughs> and then fire the missiles. Uh, yes. Yeah, so how was your week? How's your leg? Same. My leg's great. Yeah. I just put some Marty's Miracle Salve on it. Good. Um, because it was getting a little sore. I yeah. need to pull the stitches out and haven't yet. And it's a little sore, so I put some Marty's Miracle Salve on it. Yeah. My knee is still dead. Like I have no feeling. <laughs> In my knee. Which yeah, is, that may or may not come back. I mean, I'm fine with it not. It feels kind of cool. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie. Um, finished, air quotes, finished the greenhouse, at least yeah. to the point that my things are in the greenhouse. Yeah, plants can be in it and they are protected-ish. Yeah. And I've got the supplies to finish the end walls. Um, it's just a matter of doing it this week. Yeah. So, but at least we have some time. We've got our, uh, cold spell over with for the next few weeks. Right. Like it was all of like, what, three days of temperatures yeah, had, in the thirties and had now frost. it's in the eighties today. Yeah, I woke up one morning to a frost covered front yard. Yeah. I got up at four thirty to get ready for work and had to defrost my car before I could leave. Yeah. So I was a little bit late to work yeah, that day. It was, uh, that was pretty cool. It I really, ice on my windshield from at that, the middle of October, the frost asters. 
that are just going wild. Oh, they're wild. so pretty. My gosh, it's the most beautiful. They look a lot, the flowers are a lot like fleabane, maybe right, a little bigger. But they're bushier. They're bushier and they thrive and bloom on into, like frost doesn't affect them. Yeah. So seeing them with like dew covered in the morning and like the frosty You're catching sunrise. like the tail end of the goldenrod. Go. And then you just have all this bright white they're yeah. tall they're bushy it's just it's a very pretty contrast yeah the, and it's just so interesting that you still have all this nature beauty popping up even in the cold yeah and I, temperatures i've noticed that seasons or even micro seasons have like colors mm -hmm. and late summer and fall is definitely Yellow, a lot of yellows. Like I've noticed a lot of yellow butterflies we didn't have before. Mm -hmm. Then the goldenrod, and your and the the uh, God the rattlebox, rattlebox. showy rattlebox. Yeah. Like all the yellow stuff. The sunflowers still. You get a lot of yellow. Like September was the month of yellow, but now as we get into more of the fall, you're getting a lot more whites. They're showing up. It's like each season kind of has its color. And you got cotton. The cotton is blooming. Yeah. So you got the Alabama snow everywhere. Yeah. So and... October is the month of white. Interesting. Kind of. <laughs> so I've noticed a lot of that around. Um, but on top of that, got stuff in the greenhouse. I noticed I, I seeded. I ordered in a bunch of plum seeds. Um, and that was that was my first first ever like plant thing this year. We moved back, and what kicked off my entire interest in plants and conservation and native plants was trying to find my mission to find chickasaw plums which i didn't do yeah so i made it my point to make sure that i always had chickasaw plums so i ordered in a bunch of seeds um i had no clue what cold stratification was so i just put them in a wet paper towel in a bag put them in a the dark in here and then I learned about cold stratification. I'm like, well, I've got to put them in the refrigerator, but they were already wet. So I put them in the refrigerator for several weeks. By the time I put them out, they looked all moldy and black. And I was like, oh, no. So I ordered in plum trees. So now I have several Chickasaw plum trees started in the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Well, I just set those seeds to the side and never threw them out, you know, because that's how I do things. And I pulled them out this morning and several of the seeds had roots like four or five inches wow. long. That was growing through the paper towel and making holes in it like they were vigorous oh um so those got put in pots today so at this point we were they in the fridge yeah no they were in here in a oh. stack of books <laughs> uh, under a notebook and oh nice so now we're we're up to about 10 chickasaw plum plants nice in the greenhouse that's awesome that's a good yeah. start yep yep and then of course you know a lot of uh exploring today Oh, yeah, um, we um, had fish fry out at my granny and gramps to kind of help them um, kind of clean up at the hunting land and stuff. And so we drove through their, um, their woods and looked at several of the stands. And their woods out there are just so well managed, so beautiful. So many Lots white of oaks. hardwoods. Tons of white oaks. Um, just real clear understory that's easy to walk through and see. It was nice not being surrounded by privet. Um, tons of goldenrod and beautyberry. Yep. So much goldenrod and beautyberry. Yep, yep, yep. And, uh, oh, and on another note that I've touched on the last couple of weeks, Yopon Holly. Yeah, you've been um, all in that, job. So it started, I identified this hand-sized seedling that had mm -hmm. popped up in the woods. I'm like, cool. 
We have Yopon Holly, because we've already got Winterberry Holly. We've got a lot of American Holly. I'm like, cool, and I learned what Yopon was. I'm like, I wish we had more of it, right? Mm -hmm. So then I go to the other end of the woods, where it's a little bit higher ground, and I found a couple decent, like, shrubs. I'm like, huh, these might be something one day. Then I went walking in a different section of the farm, where the entire fence row is mature, full buried out. I'm talking about thicker than privet. Wow. Yopon holly. Um, and one thing that I've learned is it does, it will out-compete privet. And it looks a lot like privet. So I can see that. You can have some of the same issues with it as privet, but at least you're getting a native plant. And, for one. and uses out of it. And very much uses. And I have been drinking Yopon tea for the last couple of days as my coffee replacement. And it... I like the flavor of it. To me, it's very similar to green tea. It looks and smells. And I don't like green tea, and maybe that's yeah. why I didn't like it. It it's looks, very odd it smells to me. like green tea. It has a very strong smell that I love. Um, and I've been drinking it by itself with just some of our honey from the backyard. And the caffeine high um, you get from it, it ain't as steep as coffee. The so, way you described it, it just kind of seemed like it was uplifting. Like it yeah, was like an uplifting. Like I didn't get this jolt caffeine. of energy, but I was very, very tired um, from all the things we were doing yesterday. And I made a glass of it so that I can continue doing things until the afternoon. And it's just like a nice pick me up. And it was very level. Plus, you get all the antioxidants and vitamins that are in it. And it's yeah. just like. Yeah, I wasn't too thrilled with the flavor. It was very odd, and which is weird because I'm not super picky. I drink a lot of. Um, Herb, herbal teas that are very stout flavors like nettle and bee balm and ginger um but um those are kind of included in like my daily tea so i want to combine the yopon mm -hmm. with it to give it that extra nutrient um which i mean nettle's already very nutrient based um but to give it that kind of caffeine since it is my daily like this morning i had you know my my daily blend um and then was very you know, within a couple hours, realizing I didn't have any coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we had to go by the coffee shop. Yeah, well, we have so enough I'd now. I'd be interested We're... in trying it. As, so I didn't maybe have to drink coffee and yeah. could just do my teas. No, we have enough now. I'm I'm even looking at options as what we're going to have to do because we got to do it anyway for what you're doing, Um, how we get an FDA-approved like food preparation facility. Um, And that'll be one of the things I would love to offer in the future is... Yeah. packaged yopon tea um yeah i would love to be able to sell some of my tea blends um not to brag or anything but <laughs> I, I i seem to have a knack for herbal blends yeah for blending things together um that not only do what i'm wanting them to do and you know when working with them um in in my body but also don't taste that bad yeah uh, which is kind of tricky with making tea blends. Yeah. Well, I've gotten on to your nighttime tea, which is the passion flower. Yeah, I'm not letting balm. that go. I mixed up something a little different. I was playing with different herbs tonight, but I don't think I'm ever going to get away yeah, from the bro, passion flower lemon balm because I, that's in my backyard. Yeah, like, that. And lemon balm might not be, but I have my one lemon balm bush, and lemon balm is very prolific, so it shouldn't take much <laughs> for yeah. that to, you know, a little baby in it to go kind of crazy. Uh, and we have plenty, plenty of passion flowers. Then so. once we get the herb shack greenhouse built, yeah, that's gonna be dope. But yeah, yeah I, I couldn't go to sleep the other night, and you told me to fix some of that, and I did, and I had like mm -hmm. the most psychedelic dream. Like it's not a psychedelic, so don't go thinking I'm saying that. I may not know much. 
um, uh, you know, may not ever be able to do much with what we have on our property, but I can get us to sleep. Yeah, and I had between the, the best lemon sleep. balm, passion flower, and then if I am like really having an, an a night where I'm just not tired, throw in some vervain tincture. Mm-hmm. That'll do the trick. It knocked me out within ten minutes mm-hmm. max from me drinking it, and my dreams were like vivid, like those deep sleep uh-huh. REM dreams. So it was, uh, and now I've been drinking it like every night. I drink <laughs> so. it every night to the point where I have a jar of it at the rental. Oh, yeah, when um, you're out of town. Sitting, yeah. yeah, sitting on the counter because my, my landlord has a portable tea kettle that sits on the counter next to the coffee pot and he's told me I can use it. So when I get home, I just click that on while I'm unloading my lunchbox. Oh, yeah. um, and by the time I'm I'm done doing that, it's ready and it just makes me a little cup of tea. So I've got my, my tea for even down at the rental, which is nice because it was hard to try to figure out how to incorporate that in the traveling oh, yeah. aspect of my job. What are you drinking now? Um, so this is, like I said, I was just playing around with some herbs, um, juniper berries, jasmine flowers, um, lemon balm. I think there's a little chamomile in here. And I feel like I'm missing something, but I think that might be it. Because all of those are very relaxing herbs. Good um, good nighttime blends oh. there. It might just be those four. Yeah. <laughs> just hit my my not numb knee. Uh. <laughs> uh. So no passion flower in it tonight. I wanted to you know, and this is a good the. I know it's a, it's an interesting combination. With the what is in here? This was not a clean glass. So I'm drinking whatever was in the bottom of this mug. Nice. I'm about to tell you my my tea blend that I'm drinking right now. Uh. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, if I can even, I don't even know if you can find what they put Probably in Probably not. Because it is a a small batch craft release, and I'm pretty sure these breweries aren't going to give up their uh, stuff. Oh, here's a clone. That's what you gotta look I, at. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I'm drinking Sam Adams Oktoberfest because <laughs> it is October. Uh, it's definitely got hops in it. Hops. Uh, huh. That's all it's listing. But I'm pretty sure that you're gonna have some barley in there in your Oktoberfest. I'm not. I love. I'm a craft beer connoisseur. I'm not a craft beer maker. So, I'm not sure what all is in Oktoberfest. But, if you would like to talk to a craft brew maker and learn more about it, I'm pretty sure you can do tours at Folklore. So, maybe I should do that and figure out what's in Oktoberfest beers. But, I would assume there's some type of grain in it. Because it's got a very um, malty, malty taste to it. Yeah, so, these are the different malts that are in... The Oktoberfest. Uh, yeah. And we're not beer people, so we don't know what any of that means. It, well, your malts are going to be combinations of different grains and junk and how they're roasted and oh. all that. Anyway, I'm just drinking Sam Adams Oktoberfest. So, there you have it. There's my, giving away my secret. So, uh, do you want me to guess what you're talking about tonight? Yeah, take a while, guess. Let me see if I can guess. So this is kind of like my uh, 
panic. Oh crap. There's five <laughs> episodes in October and I only picked out four, um, spooky Halloween herbs. Um, what am I going to do this week? Because my fourth one I'm not doing until Halloween. So, yeah, yeah. um, I'm going to go out on a limb since we haven't talked about it in at least six days that we're going to roll around and just keep going on the juniper train. You know, I thought that was an excellent idea because you mentioned it being a two-parter because you figured I could co I could elaborate from my aspect of um, juniper. And when I was thinking, I was like, well, obviously it's an October Halloween yeah. folklore um, herb or you wouldn't have talked about it last week. So yeah. I figured, why not roll ahead into part ahead. two and then I can take over... A little bit more on the juniper. Yeah. So and I'm going to be honest that I have built quite the bond with every eastern red cedar on our property, <laughs> and I have finally. For okay, so berries. as I talked last week, they are dioecious, um, so only the females are actually going to produce the <laughs> berries. <laughs> oh, sorry. You should chill out with that. Remember how I told you that this mug wasn't yeah. clean? Well, apparently this gotta, stuff has loosened from the bottom. You just got to man up and drink no. it. No. Um, so anyway, Good. so dioecious, only the females produce berries. And apparently, from my findings, 98% of the trees on our property either haven't made berries yet, so they're still kind of hidden and I can't tell, um, or we have one female on the whole place because i did finally after an entire week of searching every cedar tree mm. on the piece of property found one making berries and they're so teeny tiny they are so teeny <laughs> tiny and freaking but, adorable that said they are they i'd never eaten a juniper berry right mm -hmm. um and it is probably one of my favorite flavors to have in my mouth second only to things i cannot <laughs> talk about on the podcast um, I love gin so much, and they're very similar. They're very, very pungent. Yeah, and to me, you get a sweetness before mm -hmm. you get that punch of yeah, piney yeah. flavor. So you, it's, what I called it was a pine grape is what it tastes like. That's actually a really yeah. great Like you get this, this sweet coating of grape flavor, like, like a muscadine or mm -hmm. something, and then it comes in with this pine tree aroma that just fills yeah. your mouth and throat. Like I really this. intended on drinking gin for this episode, oh, yeah. but um, I had some bourbon at my grandparents, and so I'm starting to get the little edge of a headache. And uh, lately, gin has been one of those that's not really helped headaches, and it's probably like the tannins and things like that. I've just oh, yeah. become really sensitive to tannins, um, apparently, because wine does it too. So I have to be very careful with... Um, with what I drink because yeah. it seems things like that tend to kind of egg on a headache. So I'm just having some tea and I was hoping that maybe Let's that, that would Let's do it. Help. And uh, what do you have to teach us? So about I, I was juniper? a little worried when I first uh, thought I'll cover a second part on juniper, but you did an excellent job at covering juniper, even on the medicinal aspect. You covered like the constituents and that you even covered the energetics. Like that was impressive. <laughs> and I got to find a sound for that. You, <laughs> why? That, that makes zero sense. Anytime why that we say energetics, I want to hear da -da 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 in the background, like a little twinkle or something. But why? <laughs> because I'm editing I don't this understand how your brain works. 
Um, so you covered the energetics, you covered a lot of research and like a lot of the current modern science behind medicinal uses of juniper. And so I really didn't think that there was gonna... <laughs> I wish y'all could see what was happening right now, because then maybe you would be just as confused as I am. My leg pits are sweaty. I and thought I wanted, that's what you were sniffing. I wanted to make you sure know it didn't how, stink. Like, was it Amanda yes. Bynes on the no, Amanda Bynes show? It was she Superstar. To... The movie Superstar. No, there's another. There's another. I'm pretty sure on the Amanda oh. Bynes show she used to do it too. Where she would cross her arms and stick her fingers in her armpits and then... <laughs> he just did that to his leg pits. Huh. I had to check. Why? Yeah. Okay, anyway... <laughs> I did a great job, is what you were saying. You were patting me on the back. I was trying to. Um, apparently, I was doing too good of a job, and you had to ruin it. Um, I really didn't think there was going to be much more for me to cover. So I just, before I gave up and moved on to something else, I went to look. And then I was like, well, now I'm going to have to re-listen to the episode to make sure I'm not covering anything different. But the stuff I found were so unique uh, that I was fairly confident that you did not mention them in last week's episode. Yeah, well, so I, I was I still able to get quite a bit of notes. That's why I said it was going to be a two-parter because I knew you would dig in deeper to that side of the research than I did. Where I I tend to lean more toward the practical landscaping and uh -huh. conservation, and and you leaned more into the native juniper into yeah, that which, eastern yeah. red cedar specifically and um, native uses for it and things like that. Whereas I'm not focused on the native plant aspect of it quite so much. And so a lot of... Um, a lot more worldwide use. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm actually not talking about the same juniper you talked about last week, which means I get a little bit different information yeah. on it. So the, I'm talking about uh, juniperus um, communis, mm -hmm. which is just your... Common, common juniper, juniper yep. um, that is native to Europe, Asia, um, North Africa, places like really mm -hmm. globally. Like I, I, there are even juniper communis is even native to much of North America, um, but more commonly over in like Europe. Yeah. Makes um, sense. And that's where a lot of the research comes from. This A lot of research on juniper comes from this specific species because it is so prolific um, and was so commonly used historically. Um, so one of the other common names for the common juniper is the boughs of supernatural. The what now? The boughs, bows, boughs, you know, tree yeah. boughs. Oh, yeah. Boughs of the supernatural. No, the, okay, so supernatural. That, we were leaning into the Halloween theme. Then. Yeah, nice. yeah, definitely. I've, I was able to find some more folklore info um, on the juniper. Um, so one of my favorite things since kind of study in Halloween is learning that it has a very deep Gaelic root. Mm -hmm. um, so does juniper. Yeah. So juniper was very prolific in the Scottish Highlands. <laughs> and so a lot of its uses came from, from that. Scottish. Mm -hmm. I finally got my, air, my Irish accent right mm -hmm. and I was trying to be Scottish. It, I'll nail it one day. So um, it was even sometimes referred to in Gaelic communities as Mountain U. <laughs> that good old Mountain U. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I found that Juniper has biblical references. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm surprised you didn't bring up. Yeah, I know. I knew it did. And especially talking about cedars, too. I mean, there's a lot, like the temple had uh -huh. a lot of cedar in it. And I, I figured Juniper, I knew it's heavily. Um, scriptural. Yeah, so there's references to uh, juniper that 
had an angelic presence uh, within sheltered Elijah from Queen Jezebel. Mm-hmm. Mary and Joseph, um, along with baby Jesus, actually hid in a juniper tree from King Herod's soldiers on their trek to Egypt. Um, so already in, and I think there were a couple more instances, but um, you're already starting to get this kind of feel of Juniper as a yeah. protector. Yes. Um, Which is kind of what we covered in a lot of the, yeah, the lower as a, it as a protection symbol, for sure. And it feels like an ancient tree. Like when you see yeah, it. Yeah, I think just... I read somewhere where like the oldest one is like 2,000 years old. Huh. Like, that Yeah, worldwide, yeah. Yes. Because yeah. the one I discussed was 795 years old, and that was just in Missouri. I yeah. mean, and if something that great is in Missouri, there's got to be a better one somewhere. Yeah, and the oldest uh, known juniper tree globally is like yeah. 2,000 years old. That's freaking awesome. Which is insane. Could you imagine a conversation with that tree? Right. <laughs> I know. And like you think about, um, I, my mind keeps, we saw a couple big ones today, but the biggest ones I've ever seen are those that are on Landmark Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, those can't be more than a hundred years old. Yeah, no. And they're because really they were large. Planted there. And you got to think like they're so wide, and they grow very similar to a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. um, where they you don't you can't like walk under yeah. a juniper tree unless you trim it. Unless you trim it. Yeah. Um. So, it has that protective quality in mm-hmm. that you have all these branches that just create this huge home and huge habitat. Of branches and things that you can just yeah, very like easily song, hide, it, and I could easily see somebody slipping yeah. into a juniper tree to hide from somebody. It's, and I mean, yeah, it. Yeah, Not to mention cool. wildlife. Um, so that it creates kind of its own environment within itself. Yeah, yeah. So it being used as a symbol of protection is not surprising at all. Uh, European lore claimed that the branches distracted witches and thus kept them from entering homes. So kind of the same. I think there's a lot of lore that like witches and vampires were easily distracted by like making them count. Like if you had a bunch of knickknacks or buttons or something on a porch, vampires would be distracted by having like the need to count things. It was really weird. That's where Count Dracula came from. Yes. That's okay. (laughs) I'm piecing my life together one uh, episode at a time. So that's a tangent. Apparently (laughs) vampires are easily distracted by like their compulsion to count (laughs) things. So many. So if you put something Mm. that has like a net, if you put netting, there's a lot of holes in (laughs) netting. The vampires get distracted by counting all the holes in the netting until the sun comes up and then they die or they have to go run and hide. So you're essentially protected. You're home from being... I'm going to get you after (laughs) I count these things. (laughs) Yeah, so it was kind of the same thought that uh, I don't know why the juniper branches distracted witches unless they wanted to count all the needles or berries well, or something. And then we went on last week about it being a theft deterrent. Like, yeah. that, would, that would make go hand in hand with yeah, that. Yeah, it's just so distracting. Yeah. Never make it into your door. And that would be a lot of counting. That would be a Unless lot of Unless you're counting. counting berries on the trees on our property. <laughs> um, so, in contrast to this kind of already protective um, symbolism, the Brothers Grimm decided to connect it to just kind of like some spooky, evil, creepy junk. But that's kind of what the Brothers Grimm were known for. Yeah. Um, they didn't write really happy stories. They wrote things like the original Cinderella, 
where like people were cutting off toes and heels and getting their eyeballs pecked out by that crows. That would make a much greater movie. Yeah, so there's actually a tale that wasn't written by the Brothers Grimm, but it was included in their um, 1812 set of stories um, called The Juniper Tree. And it sounds like it would be a happy story because the juniper no. is so, but it, yeah, but we know better. So I'm just going to give like a quick little summary of this story. Let's do it. Because it's, uh, it's too good to not tell. So in the tale, the juniper tree, there's a couple so deeply in love, but they were unable to have children. Mm-hmm. And so one day the, the wife is cutting an apple out by the juniper tree and she cuts her finger. I, I saw that coming. <laughs> And her blood drips down into the snow, and she's looking down at the blood in the snow, and somehow this just makes her so sad that she can't have children. And she wishes, if I could only have a children as bright as red blood and as white as snow, I would be so happy. Okay. And she goes back inside and goes on about her life. Well, nine months later, she has a kid. Oh. Okay. Well, that worked out. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yay. That's happy. Happy. And yeah. they lived happily like, ever after the end. Like Bye. Phoebe and Old Yeller. This yeah. is where we're going to turn we it off. We're just going to turn it off right there. <laughs> no. No. no! <laughs> okay. Um, so, she was so delighted that she was giving birth to a son that she died. That's freaking happy. In childbirth. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not she laughing. died of it's happiness. Terrible. You can't feel bad um, for that. Except for the kid. Right. So her sorrowful husband, who has now gained a son but lost his wife that he was so deeply in love with, Mm -hmm. she had asked him if she ever were to die to bury her beneath the juniper tree. So he buried her beneath the juniper tree. Well, then he remarries. Uh So now there's a stepmom who is an evil stepmom. That's a a common trend in the Brothers Grimm. Uh, So now there's an evil stepmom, and she has a daughter. Mm -hmm. And she is jealous that the firstborn son is not hers. It's from this previous yeah, wife. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. so she just has it out for him, and she's very abusive um, to the son. And then she does. She starts doing some really weird things, even with, like, her daughter. Her daughter wants an apple, and she goes to give it to her, and she's like, wait, no, you can't have an apple until your brother gets home from school. Yeah. So he gets home from school, and he's like, hey, can I have an apple? And apparently the apples were in, like, this fruit chest. Mm-hmm. So he's in the chest getting an apple, and she just is overcome by the devil and slams the lid shut and chops his head off. That is hard. In the chest of apples, yes. Yep. And then she's horrified by what she's done, right? I I bet. Right. So to cover this up, she puts him back together with a handkerchief around his neck so you can't see that they're not actually connected and sits him in a chair by the front door holding an apple. No one's going to know. No one's going to so know. So when her daughter comes home, her daughter walks in and says, hey, brother's looking a little weird by the front door, and he's holding an apple, and I asked him if I could have it, but he won't answer me. And so her mom is like, well, ask him again, and if he still don't answer you, just knock him upside the head. And so then she comes back and is like, I knocked my brother's head off. <laughs> she set her daughter up. To think she knocked her brother's head off. How horrible is that? It gets Uh, worse. What? No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So now she's basically accusing her daughter of killing her brother. And it's like, it's okay. We won't speak of this. We'll just cover it up even more. (laughs) 
this always works out. Always. So she um, puts her son, or she puts the boy in a stew, seasoned by her daughter's tears. What in the Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted a spooky Halloween episode. Here we go. I'm going to need another beer. Um, so okay. she didn't have to season it because her daughter's tears were so salty. So anyway. Sounds like she was the one that was salty. She's in a, she has put him in a stew seasoned by her daughter's tears. And then, um, she feeds the stew to her husband when he gets home. And he says it's so good. She's not allowed to have any. But the more he eats, the more he wants. The stew is just so delicious. And the more he eats, the more the daughter cries. I think I'm just going to move on to mine. <laughs> we get to good things. Okay, we're done with all the gruesome-ish. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that, oh, wow. that's as bad as it gets. So the daughter takes the bones, uh, the boy. <laughs> it's not getting better. <laughs> and takes them out, wraps them in a bundle, like in a scarf, and takes them and lays them under the juniper tree. Mm-hmm. And instantly the bones, like this mist envelops the juniper tree and... Out flies this beautiful bird. Oh, mama's about to kick some ass. (laughs) No. Uh The boy turns, like the bones of the boy turn into this beautiful bird. Oh. And this beautiful bird goes around the town singing to all the townspeople. Mm -hmm. I could sing the song, but I'm not. But essentially, (laughs) I'm not going to. Essentially, he sings a song about what has happened to him. My mother killed me. My father ate me. My sister... wrapped my bones up or something like that that is metal yeah (laughs) is that on your next album i'm mad that and all these people are like oh this bird is just singing so beautifully (laughs) nobody is questioning the lyrics mind you in his head it's coming out so (laughs) smooth and to the people it's just like um and so they're begging him to sing your song sing your song again and he's like no i won't sing it twice for nothing you got to give me something and so he goes around singing this beautiful song about what has happened to him for gifts and then he gets all these gifts he's got a gold chain some red shoes and a bunch of millstone because he sang to all these mill workers mm-hmm. so he goes back home and he starts singing to his family and now his stepmom is having a whole anxious fit Like, his dad is like, oh, I'm so happy. It's such a beautiful day. The world is all sunshine and rainbows. And his stepmom's over there like, nope, I'm the most anxious thing in the world. Something is not right. I cannot sit still. Like, she's not okay. Yeah. Like Edgar Allan Poe with the dude in the floorboards. Oh, yeah. Um, So he's singing his beautiful song to his family. And he gives the gold chain to his dad, the red shoes to his sister. And by this point, he's sung the song like two or three times and his stepmom just can't stand it anymore. And she gets up to go outside to try to get away from his singing. Mm -hmm. And he drops all the millstone on top of her. Beast mode. So he exacts his revenge. This whole story is just a story of revenge. He exacts his revenge and in the smoke of her disappearing poof under the millstone, he comes back as a little boy. And they live happily ever after. Oh, well that worked out. Yeah. That worked out great. Tremendous. And that's the juniper tree. That was a roller coaster. (laughs) I was not expecting that when I dug into my research on the juniper tree to find a... Brothers Grimm story. Yeah, I can't wait to dream about that after I drink my tea in a bit. <laughs> Whew, doggy. I, I, I recited all that without reading my notes. That way, I had that. You were a little too memorized. excited about that. I was. Oh, Happy goodness. Halloween. Oh. Um, okay, moving on. 
That's but the, the juniper the tree. We're done. But the ju- <laughs> juniper is a very protective, harmonizing wood. Um, however, that's in, what we got from that. Yeah. Okay. However, in Wales, um, harming a juniper tree is seen as an omen of death to within the person a within a year. Oh. I didn't get a chance to elaborate on that, but I did. I did find that little statement that they believed if you harmed a juniper tree, harm would come to you within a year. So I should probably should stop smelling the branches I cut off as I walked through the woods. I usually get do you dead. usually get damaged limbs. Yeah, I've, I've always seen you so get like already damaged limbs. Yeah. yeah. But what about, no. Okay. So the ones I'm going to cut down in the woods are already dying. Yeah, but just communicate to them. <laughs> yeah, I will. Hey, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Uh, about to cut your legs off. Yeah, you just yeah. don't go in there all maliciously, which you don't. So. Yeah, maybe we'll be cool. Good my, intentions. My You'll owls like me. My owls no like more, me. No so. more. Uh, just don't butcher anything within the year of uh, cutting yeah, down a, yeah, a juniper that, tree. Yeah, I think Amos <laughs> got me on that one. Um, so juniper wood might not give off much heat, um, but its aromatic and hardly visible smoke made it a very good option as purification in temples. Mm-hmm. Um, and the smoke was said to aid in clairvoyance. Which kind of lends to its connection to cleansing um, and balancing your third eye chakra. Ah, third eye. Yeah, so clairvoyance is kind of um, like prophecy type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being I, able to, yeah, to yeah. kind of communicate with the other world and. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah I know what the third third eye type yeah. situation so is. Doctor Juniper... Strange just got one. He might be a cool guest to have on. <laughs> So, yeah, so Juniper's seen as a lot of connection to the third eye. Um, it was commonly used at bonfire. So this this connection to clairvoyance um, and the third eye was part of the reason. So it was used at bonfires uh, for Samhain, which a few episodes back we kind of discussed the history of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, actually originated as Samhain, a Celtic um, tradition done at the... And then... I, I have eventually also learned that this time of year was not only like the transition from summer to winter and like their harvest time and when this veil was thin, but it was considered this because that was the end of their year. Yeah. The end and the beginning of their year was October 31st ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would use Samhain to help kind of communicate with these spirits and stuff during this thin veil. Then they would also use it to cleanse um, away all the evil spirits at the start of their year. So it was a very popular herb burned uh, in Samhain. In Central Europe, uh, juniper juniper smoke was used in spring cleaning to cast out witchcraft. Huh. So it's the anti-witchcraft thing. That may... I'm glad I know that now. Yeah, and then so all this lore kind of gives way to common and like modern day folk magic Mm -hmm. where people will use juniper as an alternative for smudging, uh, as an alternative to sage for smudging and like cleansing your space and your aura. And so, so like when I hunt, right, I use cedar limbs to mm-hmm. cover my scent that's usually my go-to scent cover is i just pick some cedar on the way to the stand and use it to cover my scent it's natural i think i need to do this the next time you go to that shop where the witch works 
Why are we going there again? It's on my mind. I have zero intention of going back to the the shop where the witch hexed you. I don't intend on going there again. Yeah. Well, if I do. One day we'll tell that story. Have we we told that story? We haven't divvied into that yet. No. But if I ever do go back or into any witch store, I'm putting cedar in my pocket. I should put something. I usually have, yeah, I don't know. I that, usually have some kind wild. of protection anyway, on me. Anyway, continue. But, um, yeah, so anyway, I know last week we talked about sage um, and about like white sage being a close mm-hmm. practice and all that. And there are other, are other alternatives for smudging and juniper or cedar is one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I think I mentioned to you after the episode yeah. um, that I have a book. Um, I can give you the name of it real quick as I talk. Uh, but it's about a shamanistic practices, Native American shamanistic practices. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, it's been several months since I read the book. It's called, uh, I think that one was it. Yeah, Spirits of the Earth. Um, but cedar, much like sage, it is when it comes to cedar and burning it in some native tribes is only for the shaman to do yeah like you do not harm cedar except mm-hmm. for the shaman who knows how to prepare it and like they're the mm-hmm. only ones that are allowed to mess with it so yeah yeah i just thought i'd throw that i know we talked about it afterwards so i just gonna oh yeah yeah on that point um but i know you didn't touch on using it as further like the smoke for cleansing no, no, no. and stuff nearly no, as I much as I don't tend to what, go into that much yeah. after my experience with the witch. So. <laughs> um, so we'll get into a little bit more of the medicinal stuff now that we got that whole lovely little spooky story. Um, so Scotland would fumigate plague-infested homes with juniper smoke um, and then revive its inhabitants with whiskey. Hell yes. I know. <laughs> smoke a little juniper, drink a little drink, cured from the Black Plague. That's much better than the COVID vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, and I don't care which side of the story of the COVID vaccine that you were on. You cannot argue that. Argue yeah, that fact. I mean, yeah. Um, others would carry juniper berries in their mouth, believing that it warded off the plague infection, hmm. which yeah, could be something to that. I bet their breaths probably smelled nice. I bet so. Um, because it was so prolific in Scotland and the smoke, um, like you can hardly see juniper smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a common choice of fuel for illegal stills in the Highland glens. <laughs> so like basically Scottish moonshiners, oh, yeah. uh, would build their stills in these glens that were full of juniper trees and use juniper to burn oh, yeah. because it wouldn't give away their location cause you wouldn't see the smoke. That's awesome. Um, in 1500 BC, we have Egyptian records of them using juniper berries for tapeworm infestations. Uh, it was also used by Romans and medieval herbalist for stomach issues, um, including gas. It was very common for, um, flatulence. The berries are considered an abortive fashion, um, and were indu- in used to induce labor or miscarriages. Oh. Um, there was a phrase in Lothian in the Middle Ages um, that said, giving birth under the savin tree or the juniper tree, um, which it was in reference of being mm-hmm. induced, basically. Yeah. Um, the 
most powerful abortifacient is the juniper sabina or savine juniper tree. Um, but it's can, it's one of the most toxic. Like there are some toxic varieties. Um, they're all mildly toxic. Like if you were to eat too much, but the most toxic juniper berry is going to be mm-hmm. this one. Um, and it's a very powerful abortifacient. And I'm going to come in with the disclaimer. I know a while back earlier this year, there were a lot of information going around on abortifacient herbs. Um, that don't get that stuck in your head for one particular cause without also understanding the risks and the side effects that come with mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Um, so please use anything, any herb with caution, of course, but um, this can be a very toxic outcome. Research, research, research. Yeah. Um, and it was commonly used to help with like, um, like menstrual, you know, it was, it was very contract, like stimulating to the uterine muscle, okay. um, to aid with really yeah. anything, which is why, you know, it was used to induce labor yeah, and make sense. you have contractions. Yeah. Um, Romans used ground juniper berries instead of peppercorn, like mm-hmm. peppers. Um, so they would grind them to season game or flavor bread. Juniper berries were gathered by the bagful to sell to market um, and export to Dutch gin distilleries. So it was a very big part of the economy. I'm so jealous. Why? I wish I could collect bagfuls. Oh. Of them. <laughs> that was a wis- wishful <laughs> sigh. Oh, yeah. Um, fun fact. Let's do it. Gin was invented by the Dutch in 1600s as a medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was right to call it a juniper tincture. Yeah, that's what it is. And I... Like I told you last week, I did a lot. I read countless articles on the history of gin, um, but I didn't put any of it in my notes, and yeah. I figured that would be one of the things that you would I didn't go too did. deep into it, but I did include like that little tidbit. Um, Francisca Stillabeau was a Dutch physician at the University of Leiden. Uh, wanted to find a way to treat kidney issues, so he looked into juniper, mm-hmm. and that was that. That's what's up. Created a juniper tincture. And um, and that kind of reminded me of, um, I know I mentioned it last week when we went to the chemist and this mm-hmm. dis- gin distillery. Um, all women owned. By the way, I'm actually wearing their shirt today. And this is referring to mm-hmm. chemist spirits in Asheville, North Carolina. Yes. Well, I said part of that. I didn't say oh, all yeah. of it. Goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my shirt says distillery is women's work um, mm-hmm. because they are all an all women owned um distillery um but i loved this little tidbit that's on the back of their label that says necessity is the mother of invention unable to legally consume alcohol for 13 years it's safe to say prohibition plunged spirits and morale into an abysmal low across america but that dry spell lit a fire in american ingenuity through the chemist of the era who found the perfect solution distribute their own legal supply of pharmaceutical booze by prescription only of course um, so awesome. they got around the prohibition by selling gin as medicine. Yep. And I love that so much. Um, can't get anything past a woman. <laughs> uh, so there was a 16th century herbalist. I think his name was Culpepper. Um, he claimed that juniper, quote, helps the gout and sciatica and strengthens the limbs of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so juniper was also used to flavor Swedish and French beer. I think that quote was 
Maybe it was put in the right spot. Um, we'll keep going. So the Swedish and French also used juniper to um, flavor a beer-like drink called Genevret, which mm-hmm. uh, was equal parts juniper and equal parts barley. Yeah, there was also a drink, um, as I mentioned, that it was either another name for gin or a, a very close relative of gin using juniper berries in, I want to say around Greece and or in Rome or somewhere in that area. Um, it was Genever was the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just like a kind of the the origination of gin as it moved into yeah. what it was, what it became. In medieval Scotland, used to use uh, used it to flavor whiskey, though it's very probable that again they were trying to extract that medicinal quality mm-hmm. from the juniper and were would mask that um, like really pungent juniper flavor yeah. with the flavor of whiskey. Yeah. And so thus you ended up with basically a whiskey tincture. <laughs> right up my alley. Um, Alaskan natives burn juniper needles as incense. That was said to provide relief from colds and bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you went over several uses um, from the natives, but it's a very, very wide range yeah. of uses for juniper. Natives use juniper berries um, and needles for ailments ranging from consumption, which fun fact is the uh, another name for tuberculosis, hmm. um, or like uh, overconsumption <laughs> as a digestive <laughs> aid, gynecological aid and birth control, um, hangovers, heartburn, headaches, STDs, skin ulcers, fainting and vertigo as a sedative or as a love charm. That's what I was trying to remember a while ago. Your dad was talking to me about his vertigo. And I'm like, I remember reading. <laughs> That's my problem with all that uh-huh. we do, especially at this point where we're not, we haven't been doing this for years, but golly, 15 episodes yeah. in, I'm like, there's a plant for that. Let me, I'm going to have to revisit my notes. I do that too. And if it's not one I use regularly, I will know that I have something yeah. That will help with us with something, um, or I, or the opposite, or I'll know that plant's good for something. I just don't yeah. know what it is, um, which comes in handy, and I'll I'll at least know if something's useful or yeah. toxic and, or uh, worthless. And all the things like I had a comment a while ago on the the frost aster that we got posted on TikTok, a very beautiful video of it, and like some plants are gonna have uses that there's probably better options. Oh, yeah. Like the frost aster, like most of your aster family, you can use the roots and tea, and it can help slightly with headaches and stuff. But some stuff, you know, you just got to decide, I've got other better things for that. There's a lot of that, like, going around our property where I'll find something and I'll look up the use for it. Like, there's a lot of curly dock out there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you tongue. can eat it, but it's not the first choice. Where I kind of tuck it back in my memory as... If if the world falls apart and I can't get a better herb for this, oh, yeah. I have access yeah. to this if I needed it. And that was you know? my comment with the frosty. But I would rather use this herb that as, I can buy. As pretty as those flowers are, that's one that it has uses, but I have other things to do that. So I'm just going to let these be. Yeah. I'm just going to let them be pretty. They're so pretty. Um. And I didn't elaborate, but I guess kind of going back to earlier where we were talking about juniper being an abortifacient and kind of like stimulating to the uterus, um, it was also kind of used as a birth control. <laughs> so yeah. this isn't something you want to work with if you are trying to conceive or having issues with infertility. This is absolutely not going to be one of those things. Like I know last week we've talked about sage 
as being um, one of those kind of hormone herbs that can help you with menstrual cramps and things like that, but it can also help you with infertility. Juniper's not that. Juniper's going to help you with the menstrual cramps and like help increase your flow and things like that, but the way it does it is not beneficial to you conceiving. Oh, yeah. Um, so I could see juniper as being kind of um, a natural uh, contraceptive, oh, yeah. so to speak. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In that the way that it promotes menstrual flow is not very beneficial to conceiving. Yeah. Do, 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 do. There's some modern... I know you went over a lot of the modern research, um, but I don't remember if you covered uh, this or not. Modern research that shows decreased blood sugar in rats... Um, there's not a lot of study on that in humans. Uh, modern herbalists use juniper-infused oil to promote circulation and, like, arthritic pain relief. Um, that I didn't know, and I'd be interested yeah. in uh, maybe using that, some of that. If, since we have so much on our property, and I'm all about, like, the pain relief. Yeah. I wonder, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up because I was literally just replying to a comment kind of about its work with blood. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, it was used as a blood thickener a mm-hmm. lot by natives, but if it also aids in circulation. But they asked, like, if you're a free bleeder, would it help with that? And I'm like, I, I would really need more research before I personally recommended it for What a, does free bleeder mean? Because I'm a woman. Blood, okay. Like, um, when it, I think of free bleeding, that's the con- that's what people use when they, like, don't use feminine products. Yeah. No, it was a dude. Blood. So I'm, okay. assuming, so, I'm assuming somebody that... Um, might be on some Just type of medication. Easy. Bleeds mm-hmm. very easily. Um, but as I said there, that's going to be before I personally recommend something for a very specific issue. Yeah. So we're not professionals. No. We are not going to. When it comes to to that, you want to seek healthcare or an herbalist or someone that can actually work with you and yeah, your Yeah, it has issues. to be a very personal relationship yeah. with that thing. Because if you're on a medication, a blood thinning medication, and you're wanting to, you know, you should always talk to somebody that has more, we're just, we're just giving information. We're learning. And if you take this. And we're this, just learning as we go. If you take this information and decide you want to work with something, uh, and you're already, you know, have diagnosed ailments and are already on prescription medications, please work with somebody and don't just start taking stuff all willy nilly to fix a problem. Work with somebody that knows you and your issues and your medications to make sure that you're not taking things that are going to interact or that are going to undo what you're taking. Um, I'll go to something everybody knows. Grapefruit interacts with contraceptives. Antibiotics interact with contraceptives. And I, I bring up grapefruit because that's not a medication. Oh, yeah. You're not looking at a medication interaction. You're looking at literally a food that we eat and can get at the grocery store that is going to interact with antibiotics and contraceptives. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just need to make sure either you're well enough educated that you can be confident in your decision on what you're taking or that you're working with somebody that is knowledgeable enough yeah. in your situation to be able to confidently tell you it's okay to say, take something. I'm never going to tell you that it's okay yeah. for you it's to take it, something like that. That's not my job. That's not my yeah, expertise. We can, we can give you broad what we have learned about specific herbs and teach as we learn. We're bringing you education and then rec- name its actions and energetics and stuff like that. 
But when it comes to a specific diagnosis and use, I'm not going to do that in a TikTok comment. Yeah, no. <laughs> so No. In the future, I would love to be able to work with people individually, personally, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I will yeah. give broad ranges of what plants do. But... If you actually want medical advice, it'd be great to seek. My goal personally. is to become a certified herbalist. And then I would be someone, but it's not going to be over a TikTok video. It's not going to be over an email. It's not going to yeah. be over this podcast because those are very personalized. Yeah. You can't be everybody's herbalist over a podcast. That said. It is very personalized. That said, we do appreciate the TikTok comments. So keep them coming. Yeah. We're not discouraging that. But if I give you a very broad, generalized answer... See that the disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. All right. Continue. Um, so juniper contains one to 2% volatile oil. Mm -hmm. However, it's essential oil is not easy to extract. I would not imagine. No. Um, so it's not easy to come by. Um, there are over 60 compounds, including pinenes, which is what gives it that pine, that pine smell yeah. and that pine flavor. Um, cineol, there's lots of tannins, mm -hmm. which is what gives it that toxic quality that yeah. it, you don't want to go just eat, just boo hoodles and boo hoodles. It gives you the astringent qualities as well. It gives you the astringent qualities, but anything with tannins is going to have a toxic level. Yeah. Um, diterpenes, lots of sugars and resins, and it's and uh, very high in vitamin C. Um, there's also bitters. Mm -hmm. It's got a bitters quality, um, which makes sense because one of the top things that juniper is known for historically and modern is being a digestive tonic makes sense um it's a big digestive aid it's going to help um stimulate your digestive system because it's got that bitter quality so you're you're jump starting your digestive system um with your saliva and your enzymes you're getting everything moving um so it's a really great meal starter um and then it, because it keeps everything moving and going, it helps with flatulence and upset stomach and all that. Um, it's, like you said, very astringent. Uh, it's a very strong diuretic, a very strong antiseptic with um, high antibacterial and antifungal qualities. Mm -hmm. Very effective against E. coli, staph, gonorrhea, and candida yeast infections. Wow. Um, and also like athlete's foot. Huh. Yeah, the diuretic seems to be very strong the, diuretic quality. the strongest mm -hmm. quality of juniper. And that's one thing one guy in a comment um, and that I mentioned in my video was its diuretic property. Yeah. And he's like, I struggle with kidney stones. Thank you for... And that's a very broad... Yeah. This is something if you're struggling with kidney stones or UTIs or something like anything where you need urine flow, I can safely say that this is a great option for you to look into. Yes. So one of the... The two biggest things from Juniper are its digestive aid and its diuretic qualities. Um, and all the other things that kind of anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, um, possibly anti-diabetic. They said there's still more research to go yeah. in that. Um, it, it kind of um, builds up the glycemic index or something weird like that. Um, but... Yeah, its biggest things that it's known for are urine flow and digestion. Yeah. Um, what are things that a lot of us probably lead to a lot of the issues yes. in our body is this digestive stagnation. Um, and that's going to lead me to another energetic that I learned is <laughs> stagnant versus stimulant. Yeah. 
Um, just like we have warm versus cold, drying versus wet. Something's going to stop things from moving and something's Mm going to make things move. Yep. So juniper is very warming, Mm -hmm. which you mentioned last week. It's a very warming herb, um, which is going to, a lot of warming herbs are also very good for, um, like blood flow and stuff, especially Mm -hmm. topically. Um, you think of like applying a warm compress or something to a wound or a bruise, um, any warming herb is going to work very similarly, um, which is very odd that it's anti-inflammatory, even though it's very warming, but that's going to come from its drying effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also a very stimulating right. herb, um, which is also interesting because the essential oil is known for its calming effects. So when I say stimulating, I'm not, you're not thinking like, um, nerve wise. Yeah. It's stimulating and it's like tonic effects on your body, yeah. on your urine flow and on, um, your digestive system. And it's recommended, especially if you're going to use it for anything urinary related, to use it with a moistening herb because it is very drying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is also diuresing you, you know, that you want to add something like licorice root or marshmallow root to it, which are also very good for your urinary system and are going to help keep everything moistened and oh, yeah. from causing any irritation in the process. Makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Do, 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 do. He's like, I hope I have enough. <laughs> uh, so the best use of juniper um, to get its medicinal compounds are going to be in tinctures. Mm-hmm. Even... And I said last week, I said teas. I w- and I meant to say that that wouldn't be the best way to get its medicinal yeah. properties, but probably the most common historically. Oh, yeah, definitely. kind of where I was going. Yeah. And, and you can definitely get what you need out of teas by either the needles, bark, or mm-hmm. the berries. You yep. can use all of them to get, like, the astringent mm-hmm. um, and digestive qualities from juniper. You can definitely make a tea. I've got juniper berries in my tea tonight. Um, nice. You're even, you're like, your restful sleep aid qualities of the berries you can get from using it as a tea mm. as well. Um, but you're going to get the best benefit as far as it as a digestive tonic and as a bitter, um, by using it as a tincture. Yeah. That's where you're going to get kind of the best way to use those compounds is going to be alcohol based, which is why gin is like, even historically of all the other herbs that I've talked about, most of the time it's in tea form. Yeah. Most of it is water based ways of extracting these compounds where like Mm -hmm. Indians and even Romans and you know all these ancient cultures either use them in culinary or in teas uh, to take them for their medicinal purposes Mm -hmm. but juniper you actually see it being used in alcohol for its medicinal Mm -hmm. purposes which is how you ended up with gin because they they found that that was the way to use it um, for tummy troubles. And its flavor pairs well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will point out, like, it's not gin without juniper. No, it's not. You can have many other things to help flavor gin, but it's not gin if there is no juniper in it. And all gin is is whole grain alcohol infused with juniper berries. And then, of course, whatever the heck else you want. But it has to have juniper berries. Um, so the needles and berries, like we said, can also be steeped in an infusion or tea. Um, and then, uh, and again, this is one I want to work with because we have so much of it around of the Eastern Red Cedar. 
um, using it in an infused oil, which I have done. Yeah. Um, and I have some over there. It's an infused oil with a lot of different things in the, in it, but there is cedar in it, both cedar wood and the cedar needles, mm-hmm. um, which is all actually apparently juniper. Um, and I used it in the beer shampoo, which I was really kind of going for more like the scent, but it's also got like a lot of antifungal and stuff properties, which I knew um, makes it a really good option for shampoo, especially for men. So I gave it as a gift for Father's Day um, as a beard shampoo for all my beard wearing uh, family members. Oh, yeah. And my gramps apparently likes it enough. He's had me remake it for him three times now. So I made kind right. of a little bigger batch for him this time. And I used, uh, I used the, uh, cedar I made shampoo, you a leave in shampoo. Then I had the leave in conditioner, conditioner. Mm-hmm. for my long locks of hair. <laughs> yeah. So I did not think about using it in a balm form, which I've, you know, I found a pain relieving salve that I really, uh, like, but I do want to kind of play around with others and see if I can find one that maybe works for different types of pain. Um, and something warming is what I've been thinking about making kind of like an icy hot type salve. Um, and I think cedar with its warming qualities would be a good option for that. And I'd like to play around with that. Yeah. I would like to get you to make me a cedar based spray for hunting. I could do that. I think that would be a, a very yeah. good thing to have on hand. It would be something very similar to what I saw on like cedar side. Yeah. And um, cedar side, I dug, okay, since mentioned them last week in the podcast, I dug more into their website. They have stuff for treating your yard. They have granules for your yard. They have house treatments. They have flea and tick treatments, pet treatments, livestock treatments. Yeah. And what I love is it's really all kind of the same thing. Like there's yeah. a, like there, I think they have a specific tick treatment. Um, and like some things kind of vary, but for the most part, it's all kind of the same. So it's probably different levels, different yeah. measurements and stuff. Like, but even like I have cows yeah. and horses. They have I mean, a we're, we're battling with fleas and I'm not super happy with like, I mean, one, it's expensive. Flea treatments on the market are expensive and they vary and like how well they work. And so we've just not found something that is affordable and works. Um, and so we're kind of struggling with that. And then mosquitoes and ants. Like these are just things that I'm very, I'm looking forward to. Of course, now it's winter and we're not going to struggle with them quite as much. Oh, yeah. But I'm looking forward to using their product. Oh, yeah. One, it's going to smell fantastic. Like can oh, you absolutely. imagine our home <laughs> and our yard treated with a cedar-based product? Oh, yeah. That works because that is literally in the qualities of yeah. the tree. And it smells freaking magnificent. Yes, yeah, I'm like excited heaven. to try to try the cedar yeah. side product as Absolutely. a natural. I have a lot of faith that it'll work, yeah. so I'm excited. And it's we will keep you amazing. guys updated yeah, on how it works. Definitely. And that is not a sponsored plug. We are just gonna not let yet. you know. We're gonna test it out for you guys yes. and let you know how it goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's that on Juniper's range of medicinal and protective cleansing uses uh, with a large focus on digestive uh, urinary ailments. Nice, miss. I don't think I have enough, but this is probably going to be the longest episode we've done. I don't think done. so. No, garlic <laughs> was a really long episode. Yeah, okay? that's true. That's true. That's true. That is... And I was saying that before I decided to read you a... Well, I didn't read the story. I gave yeah, my own summary still, on it. it. Um, if you want to look up the Brothers Grimm story... No, I'm like, not. It, it's lengthy, and it goes into even, like, there's a whole segment I didn't, I 
deeply summarized the him going around town singing to people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you got Britney's kind of um, the Juniper Tree for Dummies Brothers Grimm version. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Nice. That's, I, I'm gonna hand it to you before we go off on that tangent again because that was really dark. Yeah, that was. Uh, I love juniper. I love my eastern red cedars that are out here. I'm not going to let them take over my pasture, but I do love the ones we have. And I will be adding more to the homestead. Will you bury me beneath the juniper tree if I die? I'm going to write a song about that for sure. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so, do you want to guess where I'm going tonight? Give me a hint. Give you a hint. Okay, don't look at my computer screen. I'm not. I'm looking at my phone. All right. Uh... It is uh, is one that I have another one that I have not personally had any deep experience with. Okay. Um, it is native. Here's a no. I can't give you that hint. You'll definitely get it. Okay. Uh, is it fruit bearing? It's always going to be my first question. Kind of. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> I it, hate that answer so much. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Okay. Not like not soft mass though. Okay. Is it the tree that you mentioned earlier while we were eating? Probably not. No. What did I mention earlier? I while don't we were... remember. <laughs> it's a weird name. Oh no 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 no. Okay. It's not the new native tree that I found. Okay, that's what I was asking. If yeah, it was that, yeah. then I don't. It produces it hard fruit. Is it native to our area? Yes. Okay, but you've mm -hmm. not had personal connection to it. Mm-hmm. That's well. Not experienced with the tree as a whole. I did. I do have one in a pot. Is it evergreen? No. What shape are the leaves? It's coniferous, and the leaves. It's gonna give it away. That's why I asked a question. Uh, I'm supposed to ask questions that help me guess it's it. It's very reminiscent of your other nut trees. Okay, so it's a nut-bearing tree. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said not But soft. I'm trying to narrow it down to ones you haven't already covered. And I also lied. It's not in a pot. I have planted one in the yard that I'm pretty sure is dead because I forgot that I planted it and have not watered that son of a gun A pecan tree? No, it's not a pecan tree. Oh, okay. Your pecan tree is out there forgotten about and mowed over too, though. No, that one is... That tree, I'm leaving alone because it you has got a another, spirit of... Another spirit of nut tree? Yeah. Oh, you forgot. That helps. <laughs> But you've already talked about hickory nuts mm -hmm. and and walnuts. No. You haven't talked about walnuts? I have not talked about Juglins nigra. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Juglin, Juglins are nigra. You talking, are you let the one by the chicken coop die? Yeah, probably. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. It's still there. Um, Maybe. But I forgot to water it the first few weeks. So you can so. remember every day to go clean out the duck's water right next to the tree. But not water. I put the it tree. on the other side of the coop where it's like. You should have put it on the end where it would just yeah. get the runoff from the duck yeah. pool. Yeah, but we're talking about black walnut. Nice. Which is a very. There's a lot of information on black walnut. Black walnut's a very. Yes, yes. Very and good I'm, one. I can't believe you haven't talked. I feel like I know so much about the black walnut already that I guess I thought I knew that because we've talked about it already, but I guess not. Yeah, I know. I have a. Uh, yeah, and here's my issue lately is I'm so excited and get my notes done so early in the week that I forget half the crap that I've learned about it by the time I get here. 
Um, so you should just do like me. I'm going to. And do I'm them 30 yes. minutes before the episode so that that's, it's all fresh and you can read an entire Brothers Grimm story off the top of your head. Yeah, that's my goal. Yeah. I'm actually going back to that structure so that I don't forget. Are you going to so include a Brothers Grimm story? In I am episodes? absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. So black walnut, um, it is partially self-fertile. Um, so they can pollinate themselves. But to ensure full pollination, it mm -hmm. helps to have more than one. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to get better results with multiple trees. Even though if you just plant one, you're still going to get some nuts off of it. Mm -hmm. um, they can grow one to two feet per year and up to 100 feet or more in some instances. Wow. So, like, you think Pa's really big granddaddy pecan tree or, like, mm -hmm. your really old hickories and stuff, They, I mean, they... They hang right with them. Yeah. Um, it bears fruit within 12 to 15 years. Oh, um, okay. Like most things. Yeah. It seems like that for for hard-mast fruits, acorns and hickories and even your sweet gum trees, um, most things other than like fruit shrubs um, are going to take 12 to 15 years before you see any notable yeah. um, fruit production. Um, and... They are, and you've probably heard this, I actually have a knife that your dad made me with a walnut handle. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are extremely prized for their woodworking. So much so that walnut is sometimes poached off of people's property. Like what? there are walnut poachers out there. Oh my gosh, people be <laughs> yeah. crazy. Because the, walnut is the copper of trees. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like people really, really seek out walnut wood. Um... This native tree has been called our best friend in times of war and peace. Native Americans and early settlers used it for food, dyes, ink, medicine, fence posts, gun stocks, and furniture. And that is one of the things I know definitely about the black walnut is it'll stain the stew out of your hands. Yes. If you ever, we're going to get to the nuts in just a second, but if you ever deal with shelling black walnuts, they're going to still have the husk on them and you have to pull them off. The green husk, we'll talk about this chemical in just a second, but it will stain your fingers for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Like you get that out. from like pecans. Like if you ever mm -hmm. get a pecan, most yeah. of the time when and they the, fall it's the off same the tree. Chemical. Yeah. But it is it is not as present in, in pecans pecan, yeah. and hickories than it is in That and by the time it gets to where you can pick pecans, they've the husk has dried yeah, and dropped typically, the, nuts, but the walnuts, So you're not having to yeah. de-husk a pecan. Yeah, you typically do have to de-husk the walnuts. Um, and that chemical is called... After its name, Juglans, um, the chemical is Juglone. Mm. And Juglone, that is what is going to contain the majority of its medicinal properties. That makes sense. Um, and like I said, the hickory, which the pecan is a hickory tree, and the hickory is in the walnut family. Mm -hmm. So they also contain Juglone, but in much smaller samples yeah. than walnut itself. Um. And Pliny the Elder, our little friend. Our friend. Um, a quote from him, it says, The shadow of the walnut tree is poison to all plants within its compass. The shadow of the walnut tree? And the reason he said this, so under a walnut tree, if you're going to use it in landscaping, be aware that a, a great host of plants will not grow under the tree because when the roots come in contact with the walnut roots, which contain high amounts of juglone, it will kill other plants oh. underneath it. Um, and I, I never nailed down. I looked at several, several, several different articles trying to figure out what you could and what you couldn't like. There's some plants that thrive. 
mm-hmm. with the juglone. And there's some plants that it's going to kill on contact. Right. Um, so most of your like common vegetables are not going <laughs> to do under a walnut tree. Yeah. And it's the same case in a milder case with hickory mm-hmm. and pecan, but not as bad as the walnut. Um, so yeah, if you're going to use it for landscaping, definitely keep that in mind on what you're going to be planting under it. There were a lot of like flowers and stuff, a lot of good flower choices. But like I said, the, the lists that I found sometimes intermingled and had plants in different lists. So I, I, I didn't feel confident enough to provide a list. <laughs> we'll look I, more into that. I tried I'm to. intrigued now. Now, one, like, the reason I say that is one of the lists that plants susceptible to damage under the black walnut, and I highlighted this, was privet. And I'm like, awesome, a freaking tree that kills. <laughs> what better way to kill invasives than to let natives choke them mother beeps out? <laughs> um, but then I found another list that said the privet thrives under it. So oh, interesting. I, yeah, I'm not sure. But definitely like your tomatoes, potatoes. Your beans, beans, great. I knew what uh, I was yeah. doing. Uh, your your common vegetables aren't going to do well under there, and there were a lot of flowers that didn't. But like, uh, and this list had lilac and plants you can't plant around a walnut. But then I had another list that said lilac thrives on it. So hmm. do your own research there, and a lot of it's probably going to be trial and error. Yeah, based Use on what I found. Propagation. So um, I want to kill my main plant. Yeah. So overall. Juglone is a toxic chemical released when the roots of juglone-sensitive species come in contact with walnut roots. And this is, um, I wrote down this term, allelopathy. Allelopathy. Mm-hmm. I have to, yeah, allelopathy. Isn't that a genetic term? Um, it is when suppression of one plant by another due to a toxic chemical. Okay. Is what that word means. Okay. So... No, no, allelopathy. Allel, that's a gen- That's a genetic thing. Hold on. But I did, while you're looking that up, um, some of the plants that were consistent on the list that you can grow under a black walnut were um, beans, oddly enough. Peas, you can't. Beans, you can. That's weird. You would think legumes would be across the board. Yeah. Onions. Um, there was a lot of, like... Native grasses, like grass, some gra- native grasses do well under walnut, yeah. where your turf grass probably is not. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so apparently allele, which I know, is, like there's, in genetics or biology, there's an allele is a term, and I can't think of what it is, but apparently the Greek base to it means one another. And so, anyway, yeah. I went off on a tangent, just ignore me. Okay. Um... But as I said, juglone, um, which is very much present in the species, considering they named the dang plant after it, um, offers a lot of medicinal qualities. And I read about some of them in your book, but I got most of them listed out here that I actually got from like medical websites. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So um, just off the, the bat, my summarization sentence of what it offers is it is antimicrobial. Which I have, I'm learning a lot of hardwood trees have mm-hmm. antimicrobial properties. Um, it's antimicrobial, antifungal, it's a sedative, it is oxidizing, antihypertensive, and especially, very much especially, there was lots of actual medical studies and lots of research back in this. It is very anti-proliferative. Is that like anti-cancer? Yes. Okay, cool. 
Um, I know um, black walnut supplements are very popular. Yeah. Um, but anti-proliferative, like she just said, um, means that it is used or tending to inhibit cell growth um, effects. And it, there was... Like with tumors. Yeah, with tumor cells. Mm -hmm. So there was boo-coodles of research on it being very effective on That's certain very tumors. Cool. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And there, like, there's continued studies on Juglone itself yeah. and its properties and its use in modern medicine. I don't want to be medicine. like super conspiracy theorist here, but just in our little 15 episodes, <laughs> we've touched on several things that could be anti-cancer. Um, most of them because of their antioxidant qualities and kind of what leads to cancer being oxidization and free radicals. Um, but then you add something like this that I bet if you combined this anti-proliferative compound with antioxidant qualities, mm -hmm. but we can't find a cure for cancer. Yeah. Or we destroy people's bodies with chemo and radiation as the only option for fighting cancer. Yep. Just a, just a thought. Which, this is what sent me down my rabbit trail this week of Mr. Rockefeller. Yeah. And that is, we're going to save that. We're thinking, guys, of adding some exclusive content to a Patreon and to subscribers. Are you thinking a rant on Rockefeller is going to be an exclusive well, my content? Well, <laughs> my original thought was I wanted to provide historical accounts of the some plants. Like I touched on on the, um, like the tulip Civil trees War, yeah. and the... the devil's walking stick of its use in the civil war and its antimicrobial properties and how it was used and go more into the historical mm -hmm. um because i really like that and I, you had a great idea about me going into like we've dug a lot in the folkloric aspect of yeah, these sticking herbs this with month, that past halloween but kind of yeah kind of providing that in more depth because i've definitely not gone as in depth on the folklore yeah. aspect of these herbs your story did not change my mind we're ditching that <laughs> <laughs> you don't want more Brothers Grimm uh, stories uh, and exclusive content? But anyway, so I, I, yeah, that sent me off. I, I want to do an entire exclusive episode on Mr. Rockefeller because I think the public needs that to know. That would be a massive educational yeah. piece. Um, But just to go over some more stuff that I got from <laughs> other studies, um, it expels parasites. Oh, that I, that I did know. That, yeah. um... It's one of those big, like, uh, you got a lot of people deworming and stuff mm -hmm. right now. I think I think I remember black walnut being... Um, and keep that there. word in mind. Keep the word expels okay. in your mind. It expels parasites. It promotes healthy skin. And in your The Lost Book of Herbal Remedies, one of the big things that, that it pointed out was skin health and using it for dermatitis issues and oh, stuff okay. like that. Um, improves cardiovascular health, which... Okay. If you go into the um, nutrition of the nut, it's obviously going to be like the oh, hickory yeah. nut, going to be loaded with omega threes and, and omega sixes, and very healthy fats, which are going to be always going to be great for cardiovascular health. Um, holds antifungal and antimicrobial activity. Um, the juice from the unripe black walnut holes, which is where you're going to find the most prominent amount of juglone, is in. The, the holes. Mm -hmm. um, it's been used in folk medicine for many years as a treatment for topical localized dermatophytic fungal infections such as ringworm. Um, these fungal infections usually involve the keratinized tissues such as hair, skin, and nails. So anything hair, skin, and nails, mm -hmm. black walnut, is going to be very helpful for. Um, and once again, it does help 
protect against cancer. And just to dive into this little paragraph here that I apparently copied and pasted. Um, quinones, is that how you pronounce that? Quinones? Yeah. Quinones have been associated with anti-cancer activity. Mm -hmm. Juglone is a quinone found in the leaves, roots, and bark of the black walnut trees. The exocarp of immature green fruit, bark, and branches has been used in China to treat liver, lung, and gastric cancer. Um, juglone blocks potassium channels, promotes the generation of hydrogen peroxide, and inhibits transcription in cancer cells. <laughs> wow, this is a pretty dope little nut here. Yeah. Yeah. In a recent study, it was shown to promote cell death in human um, colorectal cells, and given black walnut's juglone content, it could make the black walnut a potential cancer-fighting food. So, you like... how do we have that kind of information? Yeah. Not given to people suffering with cancer. Yeah, I know. And, and all you you can you can tincture it. I'm gonna go in ways in a minute. You can definitely tincture um, the bark leaves, or like I recommended, the holes from it. If you get the green holes, mm -hmm. tincture those. Um, but even just consuming um, walnuts and hickory nuts and pecan, like these very rich nutrient-packed mm -hmm. nuts are one of the healthiest things you could possibly eat. Yeah. And I would think that a lot of that got hindered with your low-fat craze of the mm -hmm. 90s. Um, thanks, you know. But anyway, so just if you're not into tinctures, if you're not into folk medicine, just eating yeah. these nuts will... They're superfoods. I mean, they're superfoods that's going to offer you tons of benefits. And... Just a couple of ways to prepare it. Um, like I mentioned, a tincture from the green holes. I did learn that you can tap walnut trees like a maple tree and get walnut syrup out of them. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. But then I, I found another way to preserve walnuts in a walnut syrup. So like walnut preserves. Oh. And this is an old recipe that come from... Um, I love walnuts, like in walnut, walnuts yeah. and brownies, like walnuts in my oatmeal. This was written in, I can't pronounce some of these names because this is like, and I'm talking about black walnut, but now this is actually from like the English walnut, mm -hmm. your walnut family in general. And the, was, I think the English walnut is what we you can most commonly get from the grocery That's what store, mom and pa have, yeah, English is the English, English yeah. walnut tree. Um, but this is an old recipe passed down in something titled From the Family Physician. Mm-hmm. Um, to preserve green walnuts and syrup, take as many green walnuts as you please about the middle of July, which will be before they're ripe. You want them green. Um, try them all with a pen. If it goes easily through them, they are fit for your purpose. So they need to still be soft all the way through. Um, lay them in water for nine days, washing and sifting them morning and night. Then boil them in water until they be a little soft. Lay them to drain, then pierce them through with a wooden skiver. And in the hole put a clove, and in some a bit of cinnamon, and in some the rind of a citron, or an orange, anything citrus. And take the weight of your nuts and sugar. So if you got four pounds of nuts, you're going to want four pounds of sugar. Um, or a little more. Never hurts to have more sugar. And you make that into a syrup, much like we do with our figs. I was going to say, that sounds preserves. a lot like figs. Yeah. And then you boil them. You basically cook them down like you would fig preserves mm -hmm. or any preserves. And you have 
green walnut preserves. I was going to say, but you're not using like the actual walnut. You're using the whole unripe. The whole unripe thing while it's still kind of soft. So you have a walnut. Which is interesting because walnut's known for being extremely hard to get into. So it's just funny imagining preserving the whole thing. Yeah. And being soft. But I was reading through this and I actually watched a couple videos on people doing it. I'm like, that looks freaking awesome. Yeah. I definitely want to do that. Once, you know, in 15 years. But do we know, like, how much the sugar and the heat would damage? I don't, and I, I wouldn't say that's the best way to preserve it for its medicinal qualities. Right. I just didn't know if you got any yeah. of those compounds no, if you're, from doing that. If you're that. specifically looking for its medicinal qualities, eat it and tincture it. Yeah. Is the way you would get that. But I'm I'm for anything preserved and candied. So. <laughs> <laughs> um walnut lore and my favorite thing the only thing i highlighted in my entire notes was an old proverb that i came across from the 1500s exciting yeah and it's just a short little sentence and it goes a woman a dog and a walnut tree the more you beat them the better they be oh damn (laughs) (laughs) i've been saying it all week what is wrong with you? Is that not funny? No, that's terrible. <laughs> and apparently this came about, um, it was a common attribute among worldwide lore surrounding walnut. Uh, I'll go into that in a second. Um, and domestic abuse. Yeah. No, it was very common because for some reason a lot of cultures hated walnut trees. Either when they didn't produce nuts, they were hard to crack. Like they were generally hated by the public, so there would be trees on the roadside that, as people passed them, would just beat the walnut tree. And apparently, this is comparable to how people also <laughs> felt about women and dogs. Yeah. And later on, it, it turned out like the beating it would help get the walnuts down and would help it like grow and make more nuts. So people believed that beating it made it better. Um. So then the proverb about a woman, a dog, and a walnut tree, the more you beat them, the better they be. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> I am, I'm shooketh. I had to match your story, and I didn't, but. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, but I found. I mean, not surprising also because, yeah, you know, it's... men and. It is what it Culture. is. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, so all the I didn't have any like really intriguing stories to include. Like there was a bunch of bits and pieces I read here and there from worldwide around surrounding the walnut tree, and just like I talked about, um, it's expelling mm-hmm. qualities when it comes to the lore and when it comes to the magic yeah. of a walnut oh, tree. Oh, okay. They tend to have expelling qualities, and in a lot of different. Um, folklore and stories that were passed down that expelling quality in some was contributed to like an old love like if you're trying to get over somebody the walnut tree would help expel that old love okay. from your life um if you were trying there was a lot of tradition around if you didn't want to get pregnant when you first got married like if you wanted to wait a couple mm-hmm. years you would use walnuts as a thing to keep pregnancy away okay there again we got a commonality between yeah. juniper and um insects it is insect expelling repelling yeah um and illness they would use it to expel illness if somebody in the household was sick are we using this 
to expel demons also like as an exorcism tool um i think i think i read a couple things of that but overall overall it sounds like it would be good yeah i did read some things about bad spirits Mm -hmm. um in like in your house but overall whether it comes to old love some of it was um if you were recently divorced and mm-hmm. trying to get sep- like anything where you needed separation, where you needed an expelling quality of the walnut was always okay. in that lore. That's very cool. And I, I was kind of connecting that to last week. You talked about the hazelnut mm-hmm. and like how they would uh, throw the hazelnut in the fire to see if their love was faithful. Yeah. And I guess if they were, like, you could expel your love. Like from we them had with several the where we talked about attracting love uh-huh. and this was like the antithesis to that yeah like this is if if you got some clingy bitch hanging on to you <laughs> the walnut is the way to get rid of it i'll bleep that yeah we uh, gotta keep it pg-13 here guys um <laughs> uh, then in native american lore this was the big, kind of the big story i tacked on and i'll go over it um there was there was this guy known as the walnut cracker like it was you had a place in society if you could crack walnuts and were good at it because they're so I hard imagine, to get. I imagine, yeah. So that now the, you just run over them with a car. Yeah, the Native Americans and specifically the southeastern tribes, so your Cherokees and Creeks. Mm-hmm. This was heavily circulated in a lot of their tales about the walnut cracker, and that's someone that cracks walnuts, not just a white guy with a walnut. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. <laughs> yeah. We, Wal- needed, we needed that. <laughs> uh, it's them dang walnut crackers here again. <laughs> but the walnut cracker lived at a certain place, and he liked walnuts. So he gathered a great number of walnuts, and he made a pile of them. He also had things with which to crack them, and he ate walnuts all day. That was the way that he lived, and when he died, they buried him at the place where the walnuts were. This is where it gets interesting. Um, sometime afterwards, a man out hunting passed near that place and found a great number of walnuts there, and he cracked and ate one of them, finding it good, and came back during the night and got some more walnuts there. He leaned his gun up against the tree, sat down, and cracked walnuts. While he was sitting there, a man came out of a house close by and heard someone at the place where the walnut cracker had always lived. He listened and heard the cracking plainly. Looking closely in that direction, he saw a man sitting there, looking like the man who had died and been buried. Then he went back into the house and said, That man who has always cracked walnuts and died and whom we buried sits at the same place cracking walnuts. All went out and looked toward the place, and sure enough, there was someone sitting there. Then they crept toward him. A lame man who thought a lot of the former walnut cracker, and after he had died had been talking a great deal about him, said, Take me along on your back. I want to see him. So one man put him up on his back and went off to see the walnut cracker. Um, When they got near, they thought it was a ghost. They stopped in fear, but the lame man whispered, Take me a little further so that I can see him. His companion took him further on and stopped. The walnut cracker did not see them. He only kept on cracking walnuts. Then the lame man said again, Take me a little further again so that I can see him. He was taken still closer, and when they got very close to the man who was cracking walnuts, looked back and seeing so many people standing about, jumped up quickly, leapt toward the place where his gun stood, seized it, and ran off. When the people saw him moving about, they also ran. The man who had the cripple on his back threw him off and ran with them. (laughs) Uh, Bye. You on your own. The man who was crippled jumped up and ran. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. The man who had nothing the matter with him any longer. 
He outran the others and reached his house and could walk for the rest of his life. Therefore, if a person has a sudden fright, sickness may disappear. And this still goes around the expelling qualities of the walnut. (laughs) Expelling illness. And that's kind of where they got the belief that walnuts expelled illness. And that, it's just, again, odd to me that cultures from around the world at different times in history, at different points in history, find these same qualities to Mm -hmm. very specific things like the walnut and different cultures. There was different lore around it. There was different stories around it, whether it's old love, whether it's divorce, whether it's illness or bad spirits. It always had an expelling property. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's very interesting. Yeah. And that's my tidbit on walnuts. Love it. Yeah. So, but it was another very... You even had a little story in there, too. Yeah, I did. I tried to add that because... We didn't plan that, guys. Yeah. We yeah. do. We tend to... We had a... Mine was much less... Mine had a guy healed. Listen. Mine had a kid healed. After his head got chopped off in an apple chest. Yeah, well... He came back to life. And it, oh. <laughs> it was terrible, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. But anyway, another tree that I have uh, just kind of fallen in love with. That I continually am just shocked at the amount of beneficial qualities all these plants that grow. Oh yeah, definitely. Like. That it, we're not taught about. That we're not taught. It's, it's not there. Like, it's so mind-blowing. And, and. That even, like, your basic common issues, like colds, UTIs. Yeah. Well, it, it started just, just used so to. simple. In early cultures around the world. And I'm, I'm always going to bring up Native Americans, but it's around the world. And even up to the early 1900s, a generation ago. Oh, yeah. This was passed down knowledge until... It's literally been in the last hundred years. Until Mr. Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. That, and what he did, I ain't going to go super in-depth, but, but the way he went about it, basically deleting plant medicine from society. Yep. With the way and that he went intentionally... Yes. Twisting things to make sure that it got deleted, and then intentionally, for for his own sake... Starting medical schools yeah, to he, eliminate plant medicine. He created medicine that cost money. Yeah. Essentially made us sick to buy more. Cause, and even now. And yeah. like intentionally did that. And then intentionally educated people on that to get rid of the actual beneficial stuff. And, it, and it's just... Like there is a place for for modern medicine, one hundred percent. But that's not what this and is. And that was never that was even pre Rockefeller, people accepted modern medicine. And yeah, even your modern do- medicine. But your doctors were still trained mainly yeah. around herbalism. Yeah, like I think the place in modern medicine is using science to learn more about the body and learn more about these diseases, so we can use our medicine and our natural medicines to better yeah. fight them. So I like combining my medical knowledge that I have mm-hmm. with my herbal knowledge that I'm learning. Like I, I like making that connection. I and know. those are things that we've learned, you know, 
that the natives and that these ancient cultures and ancient civilizations didn't have the technology to to learn about bac- different bacteria mm-hmm. and um, about cancers and 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 different psych issues and things like that that now that we have understanding about them we can say yes. okay and and we can use our herb knowledge so if, better if you to, know more that. about how cancer affects a human and you know these certain plants are effective for this certain cancer understanding the cancer helps you utilize oh, yeah. what's at your fingertips better you don't have to but it was a monopolization of that just yeah. like and i'm never going to go on an anti-agriculture rant um because i'm so steeped in it and it, it, we're just in a difficult place agriculturally in this country there i don't know how to undo all the many things that have been but twisted. when you have a company like bayer that owns the medicine, makes the medicine, mm-hmm. that owns and makes your um, herbicides, that also owns and makes your seed. Like, they make the seed, mm-hmm. they make the pesticides and the chemicals, they also make the medicine. Like, it's just a weird monopolization to put together. Yeah. And even most of your agriculture... That would be like me with my herbal salves, um... Also, I don't even know where to go from yeah. that. Like, And I'm not anti-chemical. I think just like medical knowledge, I think any tool can be useful in when it's used in the right way. I think herbicides are definitely an, an, an advancement for the human race. Yeah. That said, um, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's a weird monopolization when you have the seed company, the chemical company, and... The medicine company. Yeah. And it's all, even most of your farmers are going to agree that this corporation, like you have big pharma, you also have big ag, and you have, it's just, yeah. they're tied it's together in over- weird ways. It's an over-regulation. It's, it, like you said, monopolization. It just, these different segments, healthcare, agriculture, um, education, all these different segments of our society yeah. have been so twisted in the last hundred years. I don't know how to undo them to get when, back to what they should be. When they own... Without total When they undoing. own what you put in your body. They own what you put on your body. And then they own the means to treat the things that these things aren't causing. Like, there's a weird line there mm-hmm. that is, you can't marry... The, when it's obviously... And then what you know and what you see. Yeah. Like, they own all of it. And it's all... Yeah. That's it's, a... It's a... It's a, it's a <laughs> uh, such a big yeah. rant. And it's not... Yeah. Again, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but... Some of them's valid. I mean... Healthcare has taken such a turn in the last hundred years. Less than a hundred years. It's so... And not in a better way yeah like all of it has uh, i mean the medical field agriculture every every single aspect of it you have some people that argue that you see an increase in chronic ailments because of our extended like now we have a longer lifespan yeah. and this is what longer lifespan looks like is chronic ailments and i beg to differ on that oh, yeah. because i personally knowing what i know about these chronic ailments 
and now learning what I'm learning about herbalism and what we put into our bodies. Yeah. You don't have to have those chronic ailments. I and- 100% believe those chronic ailments like um, chronic heart failure, diabetes, Parkinson's, um, there's loads of it, but heart failure and diabetes being two of the oh, yeah. biggest um, chronic issues that people live with now, starting at a young age, like 40s, sometimes even 30s, yeah. but young people, 40s and 50s, people lived past their 40s and but 50s what's... back then. But it's what you're putting in your body that is causing these chronic ailments. Well, what we've accepted as a society, and even us up until like this point very recently, I mean, most people have just accepted that why worry about prevention when there's a pill to cure it Yeah. over the counter? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is the same company owns both of those things. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a lot. And now you have... You have this group of people and it's not, you know, TikTok shows you with, you know, the algorithm. So you get this feeling that, oh, more people are doing this than I thought, which is true. But you also get this feeling of like, well, everybody, everybody's doing, getting into herbalism and homesteading because that's all you see on your TikTok feed. Um, But it really is kind of increasing now as we start to get kind of concerned with food shortages and things like that. And so now we're there is this uptick in homesteading and people learning how to take care of their bodies themselves mm-hmm. and quit relying on a government and a society that it seems we can't rely on or trust. And now they're trying to hinder that well, with this new bill, which I'm really hoping doesn't pass. But, uh, um, it, yeah. Anyway, more regulation. <laughs> I'm going to cut us off here. Yeah. We keep going on. Uh, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm very tired. We I, we hit a new Sorry record. Sorry for the rant, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, this is going to be uh, this is might be one of my favorite podcasts we've done. So it's yeah. okay to be a little long on this one. Um, Even with my brother's grim story. Uh, sure. <laughs> Did you? I'm going to edit that whole thing out. <laughs> Can you edit it out of your brain? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but what we're trying to say as a whole is that after all is said and done. Nature knows more than we do. You just got to learn about it. 